This episode of the Midwest Game Nerds Podcast is brought to you by the Midwest Film Nerds Podcast. If you're in the market for funny banter and great discussion revolving around the latest theatrical releases, check out the Midwest Film Nerds Podcast on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or right at MidwestFilmNerds.com. Welcome to the Midwest Game Nerds Podcast, episode 10. This is our top 10 of last generation episode. Uh, I've got with me here Brian. Hey. Alex. Hello. And Gojo. Yes. And uh, we're going to go over some top 10s of the previous generation, uh, Xbox, PC, and PlayStation 3. Uh, Before... You meant to say Wii too, right? Oh, I, yeah, yeah, we could do Wii. I don't really, I didn't play any Wii games. That so was meant to be a oh, joke yeah, there was a Wii. Wii the Wii did come Wii. out last gen. I've got a 3DS game on my uh, on my honorable mention. So 3DS as well. Okay. 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 Well, all we need is a Wii bowling then, right? Where does the everybody agrees Wii bowling is number one, right? Yeah. When, when did the end gauge come out? Engage that yeah. was like 96, 97, like no, PlayStation no way. era. No yeah, way. No, that came right. out when I was in high school. Fact checking right now. It was around PlayStation One. That was no, it was like uh, early 2000s. Like I didn't PS2. think that actually came out between at all. PS One and PS Two. Yeah, I want to say like before 2004. I know that. Yeah, sure. we don't have any Engage games. I don't no. think so. That would be that would be firmly in the uh, last like, last like three generation, generations yes, ago. Yeah. yeah. Engage QD May 2004. Okay, that was pre. That's last last year. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay. All right. Good. Uh, before we jump into that, just a quick shout out to Au for the theme song. Uh, you can check him out at soundcloud.com slash A-H-H dash O-O-H. And uh, please do, if you don't already, subscribe to our iTunes and Stitcher Radio feeds. That being said, I'll start with my number 10 here. Uh, just, yeah. So real quick, uh, you can edit this out. We're doing two minutes a game, one minute a game. Just let it flow, man. Yeah, we can. if you want to set a timer, we can do two minutes a game, one minute a game, whatever. Well, okay, uh, if we want to let it flow... If a game comes up that's on your list before you get to it, just mention it and we'll talk about it then. Yeah, like it. it like if if my number ten was, oh, excuse me, I don't know, Metal Gear Solid Four, and that's your number one. Talk about it when I bring it up, but then later on you can mention and then maybe say a few more words. Okay. What if it's in my honorable mentions? You can do that there too. Yeah. Cool. Talk about a cool. game. When it gets mentioned. Okay. All right. Ready? All right. So my number 10 is Dead Rising. And I'm going to say this because it is the first game I purchased for Xbox 360 when I purchased my Xbox 360. And uh, I just thought it was a fun game. It was cool to finally have a game to do the things you did in that. You know, pick up a lawnmower and plow down a bunch of zombies. <laughs> like, that's cool. Weapon combination. Yeah, different weapon combos, the wrestling moves. I never actually beat it, but it was just one of those games where, like, if I were bored and I just needed something to do for a little bit, it was fun to just throw on and just mow down a bunch of zombies. That was, that was like, the first game where you could really just go to town on, like, a huge horde yeah. of, of yeah. enemies, too. Um, so that was cool. It was impressive. It was really hard to. Sadly, one of the games that I missed last generation. Really? Yeah. I almost put that on my list, but it didn't quite make it. I played about two minutes of your copy of it, and I was like, I just want the Mega Man Buster, and I couldn't find it, so then I stopped. <laughs> yeah, the, the costumes were pretty ridiculous. Yeah. But that's that's my number 10. All right. So, Brian? Number 10. Number 10. 
gonna punch uh, in his code on his phone. <laughs> We're gonna dictate. Well you... prepared. Batman Arkham Asylum. Ooh, All right. Really enjoyed that game. Flew through it in a few days. Um, I I liked the other Batman games too, but not as much. I don't know why Alex is laughing. <laughs> I don't know either. It's just distracting me. Blue. Yeah. I think that's. Uh, I like Arkham Asylum quite a bit. The only one that I really played any fair amount of. That was a. Uh, if you think about it now, it's weird to think about it, but that was the. There were no good Batman games <laughs> before before Arkham Asylum. That's true. It was the first good Batman. I game. And, and that's the thing. I picked it up on PC to play it, and the games like Windows Live games or whatever the hell it is completely ruined my experience of trying to play that game. I got so far, and it never saved my save game because I wasn't logged in or some oh, shit. Bluff. And uh, so I never, you know, unfortunately I never finished it, but it was a, it was an enjoyable game when I played it. I just got aggravated with the Windows thing. Yeah, I just feel like they they nailed the whole Batman thing like perfectly. A lot of fun. Yeah, I was just listening. Bosses were great. I was listening to the Indoor Kids podcast and they talked about how um, the fighting system from the Batman games needs to basically just be the default fighting system for most action games now because it's so good. Yeah, that's that's basically true. I mean, the Mad Max game is supposedly just Batman combat with cars in it. That's awesome. And uh, Assassin's Creed kind of was halfway there. And then... Arkham Asylum came along, and now Assassin's Creed is all it's a Batman system. Yeah, albeit less robust and not as fun. Of course, if they put this in every game, it's like twenty podcasts from now, we're gonna be talking like, "I'm sick of playing Arkham Asylum's combat." Yeah, I mean, right. they, it's they've, like the new open world game. Well, man. that's people <laughs> yeah. like if you listen to the Giant Bombcast, I think like two weeks ago they talked about how they're sick and tired of the Batman I, combat because it's in every game now. Which props to Arkham Asylum for oh, setting yeah. that bar. Yeah. Batman should just be in every game. <laughs> he already is. You just can't see him. He's, <laughs> he's hiding in the background. Alex, what about you? Number 10. All right. My, uh, I want to say my list below like number two is all interchangeable. So keep that in mind here. My number 10 is uh, Mortal Kombat 2011. I've uh, talked about that in the past episodes. So you can kind of go back to hear what I think about it in total there. But it's the first time I ever, ever cared about the system, like the story in the fighting game. And the fighting system is fantastically done and eliminating the third dimension, like taking a step back from where the games went in the PS2 era was a fantastic idea because it's just kind of simplified everything and made it a much more polished experience. And uh, I think NetherRealm, I'm happy that NetherRealm made it uh through their kind of troubled times and that they got picked up by wb because it seems like that's been a pretty good relationship even if it's gotten us fatality coins or whatever the hell (laughs) and crazy dlc plans but i think i still think mortal kombat 2011 it might be the best mortal kombat game that ever gets made Uh, right on is that the ninth one yes you always talk about yep making sure yeah, it is just titled mortal kombat and it's the one that the Uh, only one that came out last generation so there you go. Cool. Oh, there you go. All right. Uh, my number ten is Battlefield Bad Company Two. Um, probably, it was probably the first uh, real versus multiplayer game I ever got really into. Um, I played Modern Warfare Two before that, but didn't really like it. Just played because everybody else was. Uh, I just I've never been into competitive multiplayer, and Battlefield just kind of changed that all for me because I. 
it, it, you don't have to be, it's not a Twitch shooter. You don't have to run around just and being on like strung out on cocaine or something so you can react a half a <laughs> right. millisecond faster than sure some bloke across the world. Yeah, but it, it helps. But you could just, there's so many different ways you can contribute to to a, a team play and then help your team win. And it's, it was, for me at that time, it was very different from anything I played. So it was, uh, and some of the shenanigans we got up to in that game were uh, absurd. Yeah, strapping um, C4 to those quad bikes. Oh, God, yeah. No, my favorite, my favorite was just to run around with the smoke launcher equipped at all times. <laughs> and I, I got like probably a dozen kills just with a smoke grenade launcher, just, <laughs> just by shooting dudes in the face with a smoke grenade. It was great. Great. I love the smoke grenade launcher. Right That's on. The number 10 game is the smoke grenade launcher in Battlefield. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Right on. I played right. a lot of that myself. Didn't quite make the list. It got me into Battlefield games for sure. Oh, yeah. I did not play Battlefield games until then. Yeah, I haven't really I nothing no Battlefield games since then has really has really held my attention as well. Um so Bad Company 2. Cool. Number 10. All right, so my number 9 is Mass Effect, the first one. That's on my list. Just to tell you that, right? <laughs> Don't tell us the position. Keep we yes, need to build okay. suspense. Yeah, it's uh I I thought it was a great game. Again, another game I never finished. I have this thing where I don't finish games. <laughs> and it's they have to really, really rope me in for me to finish them. And like Mass Effect was one that I had played on and off for a very long time and finally just stopped playing it. But I just remember being like really into the mechanics of the game. I thought it was a really well done RPG. It was a different style of RPG that mm-hmm. I was used to playing. So very cinematic. Yeah, and it, I mean it was cool. It was well done, you know. And it was the first. Uh, it was one of the first. One of the, my first memories of Xbox 360 was hearing about like the sex scene in the game and yeah. like how all the news outlets were like, "Oh, there's sex in video games. Your kids are being corrupted by video games. Video games. Video games. Video games." And it's like, this doesn't. These don't fuck your kids up. If anything, they help them somehow. Yeah. But I remember Mass Effect having that kind of like little water droplet in the pond with the you ripples. You could also be shocker gay, I believe. You could be gay in the game if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. So it it just it was a it was a good game. It was well done. It had great graphics. It was you know cool sound effects, great soundtrack. I, there was nothing bad about that game. Did you ever, did you end up playing the rest of them? No, uh, I did, and I need to go back okay. and do that. So yeah, correction. There was one thing bad about that game. Yeah. It was called the Mako. Uh, honestly, eh. the, I, I loved the Mako. The, the Mako is so much fun. It's total. It garbage. is fun. It is bad, but it's good. It's the, the worst time. thing in the world. You no. know how many times I got fucked by that thing? No, it's because you didn't know how to do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I hit the stupid jump button, and what did it do? Mako it just ejected me from the mountain that I was trying it's to scale. Yes, that's stupid. That's, no, that's awesome. No, Driving the Mako is an how art to form. Use it to your advantage. <laughs> it's, you drive it up a, like a sideways cliff, and then you're just like. Vroom, and it's so stupid, but it's amazing. No, but then there's also the stupid stuff that's like, okay, we're going to populate these dumb planets that you spend a nanosecond on looking for a stupid material cache. So you go and get down on the planet, and then they have all these enemies populated in there that if you step outside of the tank, you're just going to get murdered immediately. So you're like sniping them with the Mako cannon from like across the planet. Yeah. It's, awesome. it's so yeah. dumb. Like make it a real battle. I don't want to just... Just stand as far away as I can and fire the Mako cannon. But oh, anyway. that's valid. I just I think I enjoyed the derpiness of the Mako. That's and if that's your thing, that's fine. Okay. But the Mako, right. you have to acknowledge that the Mako was just poorly designed. 
There were lots of bad things Maybe. about the game, but it didn't matter because it was that good. It was a good like, game. And I, I want to say, I think uh, it's probably one of the first, like, you know, one of the most in-depth, like, science fiction role-playing games I had ever played as opposed to a fantasy one. The world yeah, building sure. is ridiculously yeah. good. Yeah. And oh, yeah. Yeah. It, and Mass Effect 2 was on my list up until I was going to say, yeah, ago. Two is, Mass Effect 2 is definitely better than the first one because the first one is garbage combat. Yeah, I think yeah. Um, they fix a lot of one's problems into, but they remove the Mako, which was kind of a sore spot for me. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> but and then I never beat three, so I won't talk about it. Yeah. Right on. OK. Brian, number nine. Number nine. Uh, Forza Motorsports four, actually. I've been playing game. that series since the second one. And it, yeah, that was on 360 as well. But um, yeah, four just really nailed it. And then they brought it to new generation of consoles and kind of fucked it up a little bit but uh i'm sure the sixth one's gonna redeem the whole franchise so so i mean i hope i don't you don't mind me jumping in here what kind of racing is it i've never played it it's like a racing sim okay so kind of like gran turismo more it really lets you like dive into i mean you can actually look at all the interiors of the cars and shit okay okay like it's really and you yeah. you like can spec out how you're loading up the car, right? You know, like having different suspensions and oh yeah, and yeah. You like can that. you can. That's one of the reasons why I like the fourth one better than the fifth one is it had more of a community, like setup to it. I mean, you could have a car club and you could have a club garage and you could share out cars that you had and in oh, specific cool. ways you upgraded them and tuned them and people in your car club could drive them. In oh, races. that's sweet. It was awesome, and they took that out in the fifth one. Yeah. Plus, they had like about 400 cars, and then the fifth one had under 200, I think. Oh, wow. And we should say last generation for the Forza games was the uh, inception or the beginning of being able to rewind in the race, isn't it? Uh, the, they started the rewind in the third one. Yeah, so that was like... That was kind of the, if Gran Turismo had it so that you could rewind, I'd probably play it more often. Yeah. So (laughs) I will say like, I mean, at first I was kind of against that whole feature when they added it, but if you played Forza 2, you would appreciate it. (laughs) Like, Because Forza 2 had endurance races where you would literally be driving for 45 minutes straight. Yeah. So yeah, if you made one screw up at the end, you would just lose and it would suck. And so, like, being able to, as a more casual race player, exactly. as somebody who, like, wouldn't want to sit there and, do, and probably wouldn't touch any endurance races, uh, it would be helpful for me to be able to rewind. And I think that was a cool thing that they had. Yeah. In uh, Forza Horizons 2, which is also a good offshoot of that franchise. but um, Those are close they, to, like, the Need for Speed and Burnout games. Yeah, they have, like, the same upgrade model and stuff as the motorsports games, but the physics are not quite as unforgiving. And uh, it, it's, like, open world in the sense that you drive around everywhere. You don't have to climb towers, though, so it's a pretty cool game. But, um, <laughs> anyways, <laughs> that game actually has an option to shut the rewind off, and okay. it just gives you extra money if you don't use it. Yeah, that's cool. So that's cool. Okay. And I think four or five, actually, they deduct um, money every time you use it. Okay. So they, they try to balance that out. All right. Yeah. Right on. My number nine, uh, this game's on here probably from Playtime alone, but Rock Band 3. Ooh, uh, last really? Last generation, we saw the... Okay. The... Uh, 
plastic guitars. Yeah, the the kind of real like Guitar Hero made its name on PlayStation Two, but I think uh, having Rock Band come out that was like that's where the music genre really like solidified. That was like this is a thing. This is what it yeah, should be. The rise and fall of living room karaoke. Oh, they're back. They're coming back in a big way. Maybe not for you, but I've got my <laughs> eye on it. So. We'll, we'll talking, just come over here and play it. Yeah, I'll be God, talking yeah. about Rock Band 4 on that's this like, podcast. We can, God, we can that's do like a whole top, review. You, you could, if you did like a top 10 party games, that's like three or two or three. Oh, yeah, we, we played it at a wedding. Somebody had yeah. this, oh, like God, the music yeah. at their wedding. It was awesome. It's it, Oh, yeah. It's, I, I think the, like, the gameplay is fantastic, which thanks Guitar Hero, but the idea of adding in all of the instruments is awesome. Guitar Hero, th- or excuse me, Rock Band 3 had keyboard in it, which is also really cool. And it also kind of brought over the harmonies from uh, Beatles Rock Band, which is also sweet. Um, as, so. as an actual drummer, I cannot stand playing the drums. Even <laughs> like I have to like turn them all the way up to like the highest difficulty, yeah. but it's still not right. Like See, it, things don't play right. I would have much rather you, just I would rather them actually have the sheet music so I could just play off the sheet did music. Did you ever play it with uh with the cymbals? No. Because I would want it because when you play it on like pro drum mode in Rock yeah. Band 3 and have it's, the cymbals it's on a little there, more legit. It's more like you like because a lot of the times when you have just four things to hit plus the bass drum, they have to kind of condense any cymbal hits into those buttons as well as having two toms and a snare drum and whatever. So Adding more and more to that interface probably makes it a little bit more yeah. realistic. But oh, I, and also the bass drum pedal used to give me like the worst cramps because <laughs> yeah. I couldn't actually play it like I do a legitimate bass drum pedal. I had to use my ankle as a pivot, and it was just like that was the worst. Ugh. Yeah, but I nevertheless I I love the game. I played a lot of it. I'm looking forward to playing Rock Band Four when that comes out. I'll probably play more Rock Band Three at some point too. So. Or unless they, they're going to carry everything over, like if I can unlock it, as you could in the previous games. Right. But we'll see. I don't know. Awesome. Rock Band 3, number nine. Uh, number nine, uh, Call of Duty 4. Um, if you told me a Call of Duty was going to be on my list, I probably would have laughed in your face. But then I looked at my games, and I'm like, holy shit, Call of Duty 4 is the best first-person shooter of all time. Hands down, it is the camp. Just the campaign alone. I'm not even talking. The, the campaign was really good. The campaign is astoundingly good. Just I, if I start it, I literally have to play through until I get a headache uh, because <laughs> I want to keep going. But it's like I'm tired. My head hurts. I can't see straight because it's just. But it's just so good. I want to. War as hell, man. Yeah, it is. I prefer Chex Quest. I well, think that's the best first person <laughs> shooter of all time. But it's your list. Oh god! But just I mean every every mission is just so masterfully crafted in this game. Uh, it's perfectly paced. Um, That's probably the last one that actually had a decent campaign. Yeah, the campaign yeah. in two was kind of was kind of silly. Uh, well, not really silly, but it just yeah it it tried it just tried to one up the action movie feel. Right. Whereas Call of Duty Four actually felt like. Uh, it was actually it, kind of emotional. Yeah, yeah. It had gr- like awesome characters in it. Um, it felt like you were playing. It almost felt like you were playing a Rainbow Six game because it was the first real like tactical first person shooter. Yeah. I mean, not not. It was, that was more not the tactical first. than the other ones too, because yeah. if you remember, you could actually lean still. Yeah, yeah, and it was it was like 
bullets mattered. If it were like, I mean, every first person shooter I played before that, it was like you get hit, then you know your health drops to ninety eight or something. Um, so it was it, and it really started a huge, huge wave in video games too. Yeah. So this, uh, I mean, you could say it was with Call of Duty too, but I think four really started the whole we all hate Call of Duty thing, uh, <laughs> but in the best way possible. Right. So it's true. That's where kill streaks started oh, yeah. too. Yeah. I've heard the closest the story's gotten to being like interesting and new and emotional and good was probably Black Ops Two. Since then, no. Honestly, I but uh, the, the campaigns like just became shorter and shorter with every game, and it was just like, why even bother well, having a campaign? Because yeah. what it just moves from. I mean, Call of Duty did this. I mean, four did this too, but it's. I mean, it's just set piece after set piece after set piece. But when it was four, right. it was all. It was all very well leveled. It was paced well. It was. Um, uh, and it was still fresh. Uh, whereas with everything else, now we're just trying to do everything we did in Modern Warfare, uh, just bigger and louder and crazier. And it just they they're losing. Yeah, they're losing. They're yeah, they're losing it. Uh, so. Number nine, Call of Duty 4, Modern Warfare. Cool. My number eight is Gears of War. And I think Gears of War is probably one of the best like third-person shooters I've ever played. I think they have the cover system down pat. It's the invention of the cover shooter. And the the online play for that was ridiculous. I even, and here's the thing, I didn't want to pay for Xbox Live because I was a cheap ass. So I would just <laughs> play like console to console with Jason and we would just snipe each other. Like, all we would do is chase after... There's the one level where there's a sniper rifle right in the middle. And we would just run and see who could get it first and then hide. And then the other person would just <laughs> be... That's not Gears of War. It, it. it was still... <laughs> you have to use the chainsaw. No, it was, well, that's the thing. You use the chainsaw when Close you're going after the sniper rifle. Because yeah. if you both end up at the pedestal where the sniper rifle is, somebody's yeah. got to die. You and then sneak you sneak up on the guy with the sniper rifle and chainsaw. Him, right. You, know? you get him from the, from the back. You I know? just want to say... The original Gears is not on my list, but Gears of War 2 is. Okay. Uh, we can discuss the difference when it when it gets okay. to that. We but will. Yeah, no, it, I I thought the first Gears of War was a was a great game. It was the first game of that type that I felt that I that I'd played that I really I was like, holy shit, like this is awesome. And uh the story was cool. It was a, it was a, it wasn't a very long game, which is fine because I don't think um I think with how quickly the story moved in general, it wasn't necessary to to elongate it. Yeah. But um, yeah, it was a great game. It was it was beautiful too for the time. Oh, it still looks good. Yeah, yeah. I never. That's another one that I missed being an early Xbox. It's, it's a quick one, and I mean, if you picked it up used, you could probably find it for like two dollars. Uh, well, if at one point I probably feel get it the, for free, I feel the oh, need yeah. to uh, purchase an Xbone. It looks like we're getting a re a redo Ooh. a remaster of the first Gears of War. Nice. So I'll probably do that, that along awesome. with all of the Halo games because I've never played any of those <gasps> either. Any of them? None. Oh, if that's you the buy saddest thing I've ever heard. right now, you can get the Master Chief Collection with yeah, it for Yeah, I know, free. but I kind of have a problem oh. dropping $350 on five games that I could play on a system I could purchase for less You're than You're actually dropping $350 on the system, exactly. which is a really nice system. Yeah, but, but why would I? There's nothing else to play on it. Nothing. Nothing else at all. Nothing. What, what is there to play? Destiny. <laughs> oh, because I can't already play that on my PS4. What are you talking about? But you can do everything twice a week. Yeah. <laughs> it's See, fun. That's, that's the thing. 
give me another game to play and try to not make it Gears of War because I could also buy an Xbox 360 and play that. Forza well. Horizon. So, Forza Horizons is Gears of War, number nine. Gears of War, num- no, number <laughs> eight. It was number eight. Number eight. Number eight. eight. Okay. It was number eight. Uh, uh, Brian, what's your number? Oddly eight? enough, at number eight is Gears of War 2. For me. Boom. And what did I you will like? Tell you, what did you like over Gears of War One? Everything was better. Honestly. Everything, literally, every little bit of it. The campaign was amazing. Honest, it was just say honestly again. <laughs> say it. I stopped saying. Say it. <laughs> You're messing with our fans' drinking game, Brian. When you don't say honestly. Uh, well, no, seriously. Talk, tell us about the it. The campaign was seriously, honestly, seriously, honestly, spectacular. Technically. I mean, you get kind of. you get to journey through the inside of a giant worm creature and cut your way out of it at the end. Ooh! I mean, what campaign has something like that? Pinocchio. Uh, Ocarina. Of, <laughs> I was gonna say Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time. Yeah, that's true. Well, you don't get to cut your way out. Yeah. They added a lot of awesome weapons. The multiplayer was better in some ways. I would say mostly because of the the weapons and the, the maps and stuff. But uh, what really made it much better, in my opinion, is Horde Mode, which is mm. the first Horde Mode that I can think of. Yeah. I mean, that's basically where it came from, and it was amazing. Like, me and my friends played every night until we beat all 50 waves. Like, you could, you could start... You didn't have to start at wave one to get to wave 50 every time. You could start at there every were checkpoints 10. or something? Yeah, there yeah. were checkpoints. But it was intense. I mean, I've never had that level of cooperation in a game since, really. Hmm. That, right including Destiny. Yeah. Prison of Elders. Horde mode took a lot more strategy. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So that's why. All right. Cool. My, my number eight uh, could really be my number three. <laughs> like all of your other like picks. Like all of my other picks. But uh, Portal 2. Ooh, Portal that's on 2 my list. is such a beautifully crafted experience. Portal in general, Portal game like Portal 1 and Portal 2, I rarely find a game that makes me feel like I am discovering the cure for cancer every time I finish a puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> Even though it's exactly what they intended me to figure out. Have, like have you played through the co-op campaign? I played through half of the co-op, oh, and it's so much fun. That make that is so gratifying. I, Let me I, tell you, I, I the puzzles are way more difficult. I want to go back and do it all. It, like it's I remember, so good. I remember just having to coordinate four different portals. Is it's on a whole nother level. Yes, but. you cure cancer for everyone in the world. <laughs> not, Solve world not hunger. just the rich people. Yeah. So, but building on top of that, Portal Two, I think, kind of the first game, very much just takes. This weird, interesting narrative and and takes the skills that like Half-Life 2 built on in terms of telling a story through a first-person shooter. And then Portal 2 just kind of amps it up even more and just kind of how you're going through that world and experiencing the test labs and also some of like the ancient Aperture labs and learning more about the people who founded Aperture and exactly what's going on in that situation the story itself is just beautifully crafted where the game alone, like if you removed all of that story and just said, here's a bunch of puzzle rooms, go figure it out. I would still have this game somewhere on the top 10. I think it's all wonderfully done. So portal two, that's my number eight Tight. and number three and number four and number five. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, number eight uh, left for dead. Um, 
so yeah, uh, uh, it's a first person the shooter, and one? I ranked it. Yes, the first one. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, it's a first person shooter. And I ranked it higher than Call of Duty Four, so that kind of <laughs> throws uh, throws out my best first person <laughs> shooter ever comment. And it's yeah. a different kind. Well, it's, yeah, no, Call of Duty is very much a first person shooter. Left for Dead is something else entirely. It's um, it was. I don't know if it was the first major like extremely co op heavy experience, but it was my first and. That and when you don't know what's going on in this game, it is the most horrifying experience. If you're just jumping in fresh, having never yeah. heard anything about it and seeing nothing of it, oh my god, it was the most immersive game I like I've ever played. Probably it's very um, intense, that's for sure. Oh god, yeah. So just I I'm never gonna forget just like the first few times I would play the first No Mercy map um, with um, with like Nick and Tony and Willie or Zach and Joey, and we would just. Like, I would have no idea what's going on. I'm just kind of huddling behind them and like, oh, please, oh, please, oh, please help me. Um, or the first time I would shoot a car and an alarm would go off and you just hear the <laughs> zombies screaming miles away. And I'm like, oh, my God. Uh, I would just, I would pee myself a little bit every time. Uh, and it was just, it was such a simple concept, but they managed to stretch it so well for every level. Um, and then it got to the point where our our little cabal... Um, had just mastered the game to the point where we knew everything that was everything the other team was going to do before they ever did it, uh, and we like we would we would just win the moment they left the safe room um, because we got so good at that game we just played the hell out of it and um, so yeah we called ourselves the uh, the wall of badass uh, <laughs> or wob uh, wob it, for yeah, sure yeah the wob that's where the wob came from it was originally the brothers Gibb and the brothers Blavelt but then. Uh, Joey and I were uh, were accepted in, and um, yeah, no, just the the first really great co op experience, online co op at least experience I ever had. Nice. Um, Left for Dead, number eight. I wish I would have played either of those games at all. <sighs> I can't believe you've never played Left for Dead. I played the first one. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun. Jason and I were on it for a little while. Yeah, but then Fallout came out. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, uh, number seven. My number seven is. Fallout New Vegas. And uh, New Vegas was cool. I will say Fallout 3 is on my list. And it's higher because I like it better. <laughs> but New Vegas was cool. I, I like. I still... It was nice to, to get a different area of the world during the same time period. I think it's a cool cool thing. And that's kind of what I'm, I'm anticipating for Fallout 4 being mm-hmm. in Boston. I'm really, really pumped for that. Which was just announced earlier this week. <laughs> uh, news item. News item. Yeah. Anyways, uh, I liked getting the new companions. Having the iBot was cool. You know, um, I didn't like how spread out the world was. I think that's the one thing that really detracts from the game is just how long it takes you to get from A to B if you're not using fast travel. It just took forever to actually yeah. see New Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. No, I. So New Vegas is one of my honorable mentions. Um, it's too. kind of a toss up between that and three, but I honestly, all in all, I think I think New Vegas is better because most of the mechanics are better, yeah, and the writing is a lot better. Uh, the characters are a lot more fleshed out. There's there's so many more story things you can kind of do than in three. Whereas in three, the world was because it's it was Bethesda designing it, and they just they can do open world like no one else, and it right. was like every. Every square inch of this map had something to see, whereas True. New Vegas, it was just like you said, it's more spread out. There's right. it's there's not always something interesting just right around the corner. Um, 
but yeah, New Vegas, all the new weapons, uh, all the kind of the the different factions that you had to pit against each other was it was really in depth and it was really well made. The hardcore yeah. mode, which which was really cool. I liked yeah, that I enjoyed that yeah. mode. Cool. All right. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so. Honestly, Brian, what's your number seven? <laughs> Portal Two. Portal Two. Oh, there you go. Yes. Um, I was already. I mean, it was. I was a huge fan of the game when it came out, and I played the single player campaign. But I didn't get too far in the co op. But then I revisited it. I think last year actually, because my cousin he picked it up really late. Played through the campaign. He was like, "This is awesome." I was like, "Well, let's play the co op campaign." And we went through the whole thing, and it was amazing. And then we were both hooked on trying to make our own puzzles after too. We had it on PC, so it has its own uh, map maker thing that's actually really easy to use, but very difficult to figure out how to design a puzzle, honestly. I'll say also one of the first experiences of cross-platform co-op. That's true, yeah. I played on PS3 while Andy played on PC. No. We played I the co-op did together. Not know. Is that just PlayStation and, and PC? I, I believe so. Because okay. I know... They had some kind of yeah, the yeah. yeah, Xbox wouldn't allow it for some reason. Gaben came out at the at the Sony conference and nerds wept for the Half Life Three announcement that was incoming, and then he was like, "Now Steam is on PlayStation 3. and that was the only game that used it, <laughs> and there was no Half Life Three. <laughs> so, but no, it was cool. It was fun. You also got a free copy of it on Steam with your PlayStation Three copy. So, yeah, yeah, Ooh, cool. All right, way to go. Right on. Alex Portal Two. My number seven is uh, Metal Gear Solid Four: Guns of the Patriots. Oh, boo! It seems kind of low on your list. That's stupidly low. Well, the thing is, I've only played it the one time. So I take it it's on your list. Oh, what? I've only played it the one time. What? Yeah. yeah. Ah. Maybe twice, but Ugh. it was all like a long time ago. It was Ugh. in the previous decade. But uh, Metal Gear Solid Four is. I don't know if it should be on my top of last gen video games list or my top of last gen movies list because it's kind of somewhere in between <laughs> both of those. But uh, let's put it on both. Yeah, yeah. Keep it simple. It's well, if you if you take the two scores together, it somehow adds up to higher. But I don't know. Um, I think it's probably one of the most fully realized Kojima games that have ever been made, and I. I think he'll probably top it with Metal Gear Solid Five, but we kind of have yet to see that. Um, this game really definitely takes decades worth of video games, and it all culminates into one insane but satisfying story. And I have to respect it for that. And honestly, the first time through Act Four, if you've played oh Metal Gear Solid... Oh. If you don't get goosebumps, like you're a, tears, yeah, like it's openly, it's insane, <laughs> it's amazing. Like the the things that this game made me feel are insane. Like for video games, it's, did you get a boner? Yeah, I had a boner the whole time. Yes, and uh, even when I would take a break still, from the game, yeah, it's half staffing right now. Yeah, just just talking about it. Yeah, so I I you know it's been a long time since I've played it, and I like every time every time I glance at it on the shelf, I'm like, God, I should really go back and play that again. You should really go back and play and, that again. Yeah, <laughs> and maybe if I had more recently, it'd be higher on the list. So I can't wait for Gojo to groan at the rest so, of my list. Ooh, yeah, let's see what was like, better than that. That's I, higher than Metal Gear Solid Four. 
What do you mean Chibi Robo 7 <laughs> Super Sword Deluxe is better than... No, I don't know what's uh, on your list. Uh, number so will, six is Candy Crush Saga. No. I'll just <laughs> flip the table. Oh, I'm out of here. Oh, God. So I will say it was on my list, too. Uh, I'm not going to go too deep into it now because I'm going to go very deep into it later. Oh, Take that as you will. Um, <laughs> but it was... I, I'd say it's, it's probably the most flawed of the Metal Gear Solid series, but it is also its strengths are also stronger than every other game. So it's it's like just f- the most extreme on either end. Um, and when it's at its best, it is, it's one of the most brilliant games ever. Uh, and then when it's at its worst, it's kind of a boring movie. So, <laughs> so yeah. Act <coughs> three. Oh. 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 And then the, after you beat the game, the next 25 minutes... Uh, <laughs> Including the cinema and then 17 minutes of credits. So there you go. Um, <laughs> all right. What are we on? Seven? Yeah. Seven. All right. Number seven, Saints Row 4. Um, Good choice. Oh, I didn't man. Even think of that. I didn't even think. Uh, I'll put that as a fun game. It's a very so fun game. Oh, good. Okay. So the Saints Row franchise uh, on the Midwest Film, Film Nerds podcast, I've, which is, you should listen to. Um, which you pro- what, who the hell am I kidding? You, you are on the Midwest Film Nerds podcast if you're listening to this. So. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, the Saints Row franchise is kind of a lot like the Fast and Furious franchise we all figured out, and yep. um, it starts off kind of kind of fast, serious, yeah. kind of like taking itself too seriously, taking itself a little too seriously, trying to be something that's that's not really that cool, um, but thinks it's really cool, and then it does it okay, and you just kind of want to pinch its cheeks because it's trying to be a quarter mile at so a time, right? yeah. Yeah, and then eventually they <laughs> eventually they just they just kind of dial that up over over the course of the franchise, and it just it gets a little it gets a little crazier, it gets a little more of an idea of what it needs to be each franchise. Saints Row started off as a GTA clone that you played because GTA Four hadn't come out yet, and you wanted it really bad. Yeah, then GTA Four came out and sucked, but that's down. another story. <laughs> um, and then it just it decided it was going to go the exact opposite direction of the Grand Theft Auto series and just be ridiculous, cartoonish and fun. And it just ramped that up every game. And four just defies logic in every way because it's so bizarre and it's, it's hilarious. It is made so that you will have fun. And that is all it is. Definitely achieves that. And it is one of the most fun games. It's probably the best superhero game I've ever played. Yeah. Um, The abilities are really cool. So, uh, just, as far as pure fun goes and pure zaniness, uh, holy shit, yeah, Saints Row 4. Right on. Number seven. I still haven't played 4. I need to pick up the PS4 version. Do that. Get yeah. out of it's hell. It's good, man. Yeah. It's really good. Simply so I can use Captain Mal's gun. Yeah. So You can use it twice. I played uh, 3 and 4, but I... I've been told that the second one is where it's at. If, I mean, if I, you want, if you want, kind of, I don't of know a, if I can go back to that though. If you want like an open world like crime game, then yeah, go go back to two. Two is like the best. If if you're looking for a GTA clone, two is the yeah. best uh, of that kind of game. But th- it just it evolves so far beyond that uh, with three and four. So did you play those co-op? Uh, three a little bit. Um, for a little more, and co-op is yeah, it's exactly yeah, as fun as you would it's think. It's so much fun. Oh I did God. three and four from start to finish yeah. in co-op. Oh God. Yeah, Nick and I, uh, we made we made what were called cyber police, 
we were cyber officers and we uh, we gave ourselves like really super deep voices and we would just go talk like robots and it was hilarious and we would just go around protecting cyber law and uh, it, shooting a dubstep gun at oh people. yeah oh oh my god just leveling up my dubstep gun I didn't even talk about the dubstep gun thank you I leveled up my dubstep gun all the way infinite ammo and I would just stand there for like five minutes raining hell on the world with dubstep <sighs> and oh my god it was uh, I yeah I could Damn, go on for a while I do so, want to buy that again do it it's worth it so yeah Saints Row 4 number cool. 7 uh, number six, you guys are all like portal, portal, portal. I'm just seeing orange box as a whole. Okay. Good call. Um, I played the shit out of Team Fortress 2. Mm-hmm. Jason and I used to run clinics for these kids, man. <laughs> um, so you that only was, played as medics. That was my heyday. <laughs> no, that was like my, my heyday for first person shooting online competitive, whatever was Team Fortress 2 on Xbox. Um, I did end up playing through Portal and uh, and the, all the Half Lives that were included, and the, just the whole. This, it's one of those things that makes Valve that company that you're just like, these are cool people. They're, they gave you five games, yeah, for the price, for the of, price one. of one, and each of those games individually could take up enough time. You know, like well, it's just three of those games were not previously released, like Half Life Two, Episode Two. Team Fortress 2 and Portal were all brand new right. when that came out. And that's just insanity. Like, yeah, it was just, it, they're, they're great. All of them. Yeah. They're all just great yeah. games. And I, you know, hats off to Valve for being that kind of company that does that. So Definitely a great deal to get all that in one package. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, just the amount of time you put into one of those games, like I said, like each game on its own. Yeah, that package is worth it for, for any one of the main games. I don't yep. know about the Half-Life episodes, but... Yeah, for Half-Life Two, Portal, or or Team Fortress, yeah, you could pay pay full price for any of them, uh, and then they give you three. And so, <laughs> well, and now Team now Team Fortress Two is free yeah, to play, yeah, which is crazy too. But yeah, and you can make a bunch of money designing hats, designing hats. Yeah, yeah also just in general, the art style of Team Fortress Two is awesome. Mm-hmm. I just thought yeah. it was a really well done game in every aspect. So, Orange Box, indeed. Orange Box yeah. number six. Number six, orange box. Number six, I forgot. Oh, wait, yeah. Dishonored. I love Dishonored. I tried to love it. Yeah, I don't know. I tried to get so many people to play that, and for some reason they just... They didn't get it. I don't know. The the first level is a little rough until you really understand the mechanics. But then after that, I mean, it's just great. I mean, the... The different ways you can approach every scenario in that is amazing. And the fact that you can actually play the whole game without killing a single person if you wanted to. That's not fun for me personally. But I'm, I think that was part of my issue is that I always wanted to play it without killing anybody. But I, I got so frustrated because it was it was a hard game. Yeah. It was hard. Yeah. Yeah. And it well, was challenging and I just wasn't up for the challenge. I don't it's, know. it's one of the more interesting like stealth games I've played because... Um, it plays a lot, a lot faster than a lot of stealth games. Yes. But it, and it's, I don't want to say more arcadey, but, um, but yeah, and it's, and it's weird that it's, it's such a, such a faster game, but still it has such a, a large de-emphasis on killing um, for, yeah. for a stealth game. Usually it's, you kind of have the option, but with this, it's like, if you start killing people, 
you're going to get the shitty ending and the world's going to be a shitty place because you're killing everybody. So that was that was kind of one of my beefs with it was that it it gave you the freedom, but it also didn't. Um, uh, the ending, you can still get a decent ending killing I mean, yeah, people, yeah. but... It, but, it, I mean, if you just, if you want to go The through, world definitely gets yeah. darker. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure it actually has an effect on how many rats are around. Oh, they say oh, that. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty and sure. that makes the game more difficult in a lot of ways, too. Like, it's basically like the floor is lava kind of thing. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's just well, so many rats by the end. And I think that's part of my issue with it is that I always try to kind of, I don't know, like... Maybe it's just because I'm a you know total total wuss, but like I always just play games like that that have some form of like moral code. I always play them as a good character. I have a really hard time playing as a negative yeah, I always character. Do the opposite. Yeah. So it's like for me to try and play Dishonored and not kill anybody was like it was it was legitimately difficult, and I it's part of what made me stop playing. I had a lot of trouble with the first person aspect of trying to be stealthy. Like, it just doesn't... The two don't jibe very well with me, so I had difficulties playing it. And play ultimately, I, Yeah, they do for me because stealth, for me, started with Thief, and yeah, the original that was the Thief first game stealth game I played, Brad. and it was first person, so we're, it's, it's... We're Metal Gear Solid guys, yeah, so yeah. yeah so I don't, you know, I put it down but, after one level, and I, I was mean, like, I, I'm glad people like this, but it's yeah. just not my thing. No, I... I liked it. I kind of had to force myself through the first couple levels, but once I really got yeah. into the flow of it, I was I would I was hooked. And it it really like you get a sense of appreciation for mastering it. Oh yeah, I mean, like just look at that. I just took out five guys. Oh god, yeah, I like, didn't even know I was there. And, like the at, at a certain point, it would just got it got really tough. And then like the last level, I got through it and only had to take out like three guys. And I was like, holy shit! I just burned through this because I'm awesome, and it felt really good. Yes. Yeah. Right on. It had a pretty decent story too, and um, the, yeah, just the world was incredible. I liked the whole art direction of it. And yeah. Everything. Yeah. It was. It was. Very, it was a very cool. It was a very well designed world. Um, yeah. Yeah. Dishonored. So that's that. All right. My number six is The Last of Us. Oh. Ah. This is kind of a stand-in for all of the Uncharted games, because um, I think it's. Similar but different, and the fact that it's different and better, in my opinion, puts it on the list <laughs> above all those other ones. Uh, this game made me cry. Oh. It actually made me cry. And, Which uh, is tough to do. No, yeah, it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't happen very often. I don't cry at things like people not watching The Wrath of Khan and then seeing Star Trek Into Darkness. Oh, but, man. Um, Nutter butters, I swear. <laughs> the Last of Us is... is uh, kind of a, it's it's an expertly made third person shit like if if uh gears of war was that for you john i think the last of us is kind of the epitome of that okay. for me um i think the versatility of being able to switch between different kinds of weapons and even just kind of the you know if you want to play more stealthy like me leveling up that bow and arrow getting a headshot with that bow and arrow feels beautiful like it's it's a wonderful thing to just plant one right into somebody's head from Far, far away, and then to walk up and get the arrow back—it's that's great. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's awesome. I just got the bow like last time I was playing. I still haven't finished that game. Yeah, I feel bad. It's all about the bow for me, but and then kind of going through and like the little crafting uh, things that you can do to make bandages and and other items that are useful and making the the uh, shivs for the door and all that kind of stuff. Reinforced shiv. Yeah. Um, 
it's just a really, really, all the systems in the game are really interesting, not to mention that the storytelling itself is really cool. And I'm not, I'm not normally one to go for like, um, like zombie kind of, uh, you know, bio-apocalypse kind of storylines. But for some reason that game uh, was fantastic and did it for me. So that's my number six. All right. Tight. Last of Us, number six. Uh, my number six would be Minecraft. Um, this was, uh, there have been a lot of games in my span as a gamer where uh, it was, some a friend had played it first and uh, they were really into it and I saw him play it and I picked it up and I just, I took the game as my own. It became my thing. Um, like Elder Scrolls was that, um, Metal Gear Solid was that, and now I a friend of mine said, hey, I think you're really going to like Minecraft. And I'm like, oh, yeah, oh, oh, oh okay. And then it came out on Xbox Arcade. I'm like, okay. And I, uh, so I started playing it for a little while, and it night came, and I'm like, okay, I have to dig myself a hole so these things don't kill me. And I'm like, how do I build a roof? I don't know. Where's the roof tile that I have to apply? And... I was so frustrated with the game, but then as it kept going, as I started to understand how everything worked, I'm like, oh my God, this is, okay, this is really cool. And the survival aspect aspect of it was really cool. Um, and just how everything kind of uh, progresses, how uh, everything progresses really well in it for a game that doesn't really have a formal structure. And before I had known it, I had built an entire city on an island uh, uninhabited, of course, but just out of cobblestone, I built a castle up on the top, and it had a lava waterfall coming down it. And I just suddenly stepped back. I'm like, "Holy shit! What have I done? I am building my own world here." <laughs> How and many it was, days has it been since I've showered? Oh, oh my god! Honestly, the the number one. Uh, story I have about this game for how addicting and amazing it is, is I was playing it co-op at, at uh, Nick's place and it was split screen and we're just sitting there. We're not talking. We're just building shit. We're not, not even, we're not even like looking at each other at all. And then like uh, on Xbox, it had the auto save thing where it would just pop up at like every half an hour. It would save your game. It really ripped you right out of it. But whenever that popped up, we were both like, oh, oh my God. Oh, what just happened? What time is it? And those were the only moments we were, we were aware of the outside world. Um, but oh my God, it's just... As so many crafting, world-creating games have come out since then, but nothing is as good as Minecraft because it's, A, it's so simple, but there's so much you can do, too. Yeah. And just the possibilities are almost endless, and it's, uh, it's, it's, it's magical. It's magical. We need you to record some tours so we can throw it up on the YouTube. Honestly, I've, I've seen videos of shit, what shit people do in Minecraft. Mine is like boring first-grader shit. Still, I mean, um, you know. It's, I mean, I'm proud of it. What what did I make? I made an entire floating city, um, where I built a staircase of dirt up to like go close Japolis. to them. Yeah, go. Ja- no, this is this is New Bluthton, oh, okay. um, which is a it's <laughs> an Arrested Development Their banana reference. stand. <laughs> <laughs> and it's yeah, it's just and I ended up just this staircase of dirt, and I just started building out from it, and it just kept growing and growing, and now it's this huge thing that I have to. I built a waterfall that I have to swim up to get to it, and uh, <laughs> and it's. That's really cool. I'm proud of that. But I mean, yeah, it's oh god, I could go on forever. Minecraft number six. Cool. Right on. My uh, my number five here is uh, Oblivion. Ooh. Ooh. That was the 
That was the first role-playing game on 360, I believe. And yeah. it's just, I, okay, here's the thing. And Gojo, you're going to hate me for this. Again, never beaten it, but I played a lot of it. And it was the kind of game that what I liked is I didn't really have to do, I could, I could just run around and do whatever the hell I wanted. You don't have to beat that game to, to get the most out of it. Oh, yeah. It was, and I, I started and restarted several times to just have different types of characters and see how everybody played out. And it was just a fun game and it was beautiful. It was hard. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, uh, it's a good one. I, I really enjoyed it. I don't know if you guys had anybody else had that on their yeah, list. Yeah, I enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, it's on my list. It's yeah. not on my list, but Ooh. I, I enjoyed sad it for face. sure. I never played it. A lot of memorable. Oh, Oblivion, bigger thought, sad why did they think you did? Oh. Yeah. I got it for guys, PS3 we're a games for, podcast. for Christmas at one point. <laughs> See, I never played it because of uh, a phenomenon. I just, it took me a while to break through it, but I tend to not play games that are that open because. I will be paralyzed by choice, and and fall, like Fallout, Fallout, like the Fallout games really unlocked it for me. But I can promise you, I never would have beaten Fallout Three or New Vegas if I did not know that you could get to a hundred on all the skill trees. <laughs> <laughs> if it were impossible to do that, I would not have touched it. Yeah, what was the? There was like a level max too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So the Elder fact Scrolls, that which, the fact that not for have me. a Mac, the fact I, know. I was going to talk about this when I talk about Fallout Three because oh, okay. it's on my you list somewhere. But the fact that I could sit there and make a spreadsheet and figure out, okay, if I get comprehension here, I get two points for every skill book. There's 25 skill books for every skill that's in the world. I can mark which ones I'm going to get and which one that I won't because I'm going to miss them in the bad skill tree because I'm only going to do the good stuff. And that'll make up all these points so I can stop leveling it up to here. I can put all the points into here and then I can move on to this skill and do it here and raise them all up to the minimums and then start seeking all the skill books out and everything will be at 100. The fact that I could do that made it so that I could play Fallout 3 (laughs) and Fallout New Vegas. But for Oblivion, I didn't do that research. I don't know if it's possible or not. It's possible. But I haven't done it, and that should tell you all you need to know. So I was never going to touch yeah. that. Like it, it just doesn't. That right. doesn't work for me. If I, I can't be Gojo the best, put an insane amount of time into that. Game. Exactly. We'll go into that. Yeah. So, so that's one of the reasons that I did not like. I was just too. I have this kind of paralysis of indecision that ends up taking hold, especially in games like that. So I always wanted to play Oblivion, but I just never touched it. Did you play Skyrim? Yeah. Okay. So. Anything else? Oh, on no, I just that, number that, five. Number five. Oblivion. Elder Scrolls Four. Oblivion. Yeah. Okay. Right. My number five is Skyrim. Oh, oh, so is my number five. Oh. It's also your number four, three. Yeah. So I mean, everything that Oblivion Skyrim's did right. Two. Spoiler. I think Skyrim did better, other than maybe some of the quest lines. Like I felt like the stories for the different uh, like guilds and stuff in Oblivion were amazing, and they weren't quite as good in Skyrim. Yeah. But just the world in general in Skyrim was just so much. It was exactly what I've always wanted out of an Elder Scrolls game. I mean, yeah, it was just amazing. And just the the whole, the setting in general was way more interesting. Like the, whatever province that is that Oblivion is in. Cyrodiil. Cyrodiil, yeah. It's just not as interesting as uh, (laughs) Skyrim. So... Yeah, the dragons that whole dragon dynamic until you realize how easy they're going to become. Uh, it was very awe inspiring. 
and just the mountain vistas and everything. I mean, for a game that doesn't, re- I mean, it doesn't. It, the graphics don't. When you get down to like a texture and and bump mapping level or whatever the hell you want yeah. to call it, they don't really measure up to a lot of the later last gen games until you mod it. Yeah, until you mod it. But it's it's so much more beautiful than all of those. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. just because of how they use uh, all their vistas and just like just the art in that game is so. It's so well done. Yeah. It just ends up being one of the most Those beautiful games. Underground caverns, too. Like the, the, the huge, uh, was it Dwemer? Blackreach. City, city the, or whatever. The, yeah. The, oh, it was God. just so good. Well, not to mention, I think, even though the graphical fidelity isn't amazing, the idea that you're looking at a mountain in the distance and you're like, I can climb that. That's I can true, go yes. there. Like, that's, that's insane. But, yeah, Skyrim is one of those games I'll kind of move in since it was my number five as well. I... I've talked about in the past how I don't really necessarily care for fantasy that much, but I do love sci-fi, and and so Fallout 3 came out, and I enjoyed that very much. And then Skyrim kind of came out, and I was like, I don't know if I'm going to like this, but, you know, I I enjoyed Fallout so much, I might as well give it a try. And then I looked up from the game, and it was like 30 days later, and I (laughs) played hours upon hours of of Skyrim. It's amazing. Like, it's... The idea of being able to play the game in so many different ways, once again, like I yeah. I love, I was always crouching. Stealth was the first thing that hit 100 because I was always crouching. Like it didn't <laughs> matter. I'd be walking along the path in the clear day and I'd still be crouching. All the NPCs thought your legs were broken. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and then like the first thing I would do boy? when I'd enter a room, I would cast the spell that lets you see where all the enemies are, even uh, like through the walls. And then I could be like, okay, there's a guy over there. There's a guy over there. If I kill that guy, he's going to have to run up to me. So I need to headshot this dude. And then that dude's going to come at me and I pull out and headshot him too. I didn't have vats, so I needed to know where everything <laughs> was so I could kill it immediately. Right. And and just kind of being able to enjoy the strategy of long range, long range death that I am in those kinds of games, it's beautifully made and and, and like even the story the story's good. I didn't necessarily love it, but it's such a well designed game and all of the little quests and things like there are some procedurally generated quests that are like whatever, but all of the like actual side quest lines are all really, really cool. And getting a quest that allows you to get one of the uh, like godly Daedric uh, artifacts. Yeah, getting yes. like a Daedric artifact quest is really, really cool. So, you know, Skyrim number five for me. See, all right, just because we're talking about it, I'm going to rope mine. It's my number two. And reason being, oh, again, it is I also my number two. I have not beaten it, but not because I don't want to beat it, because I can't, like, there's so much to do mm-hmm. that I yeah. can't help but want to do everything that's that, that there is to do. And I've started and restarted that game so many times, and not, again, not because I don't want to, or not because I don't want to finish with one character, but because, like, it's one of those games that, like, even though, like, I get lost in what I'm doing, and I put it down, and I'll come back to it, and I'll just start a new character, because... I like playing through it. Like even though I'm redoing things over again, I do it differently. I'm doing it mm-hmm. differently, right? Yeah. And and so it had that. And uh, one of the thing, like one of my favorite parts of the whole game, the menu system is fucking great. Oh wow, yeah, it's awesome. It's all aw- it's beautiful. A nice, clean, crisp font. You know, you know, as a being designer, like that kind of shit matters to me. Significantly like that, better than Oblivion's menu yeah. system. Yeah. Oh my god, like a thousand it, like, times. You know, I'm playing The Witcher right now. I hate The Witcher's menu system. It drives me nuts. <laughs> but Skyrim's was so good. It was on point. I love the fact that I could zoom in and rotate all the different items and things. Like they had 3D models for everything built into that game. And like pieces of fruit, 
everything, and it, it's gorgeous. And then again, I bought that. I bought it on Xbox 360, and then when I built my computer, I bought it on PC with all of the <laughs> DLC because I could. And I yeah. started over again, and I have like six other characters on PC compared to the three or four I had on Xbox. And then you just found out that you could have taken your character from 360 yeah, and put I, it on yeah. PC, yeah. right? Which I mean, who cares? You know, it's it's worth. <laughs> I cared a great deal. It's just, uh, I don't know. Uh, so yeah, Skyrim, my number two, but we're going to throw it back to Gojo to, uh, do his number five here after Alex just farted or burped or something. And it apparently smells atrocious. Outstanding. All right. Number five, (laughs) uh, uh, number five, XCOM enemy within, Mm. um, uh, I read about XCOM when it was the cover article on game informer. And I just read it. I was like, oh, my God, that sounds amazing. And then I forgot about it. And it came out. And I'm like, oh, it's that game that I thought sounded amazing. Huh. And then um, time passed. And it was on sale on Steam. So I'm like, yeah, okay, okay. Got it. Um, And then just spent the next, like, three days just marathoning the game because it's so good. It is very Um, good. It's It was – I haven't played a lot of – um, tactical RPGs or anything. So the combat in the game, uh, I loved it because it's it's got it's tactical. It's the tactical RPGs, but it doesn't weigh you down with um, uh, like micromanaging each character. Right. It's like you put your character here. He can move X number of spaces. Uh, you don't have to determine like which direction he's looking or how many times he blinks or where he's holding his hands on the. You know, any like. I've played a lot of I've played a lot since then, and a lot of them are just really kind of not as yeah, good. No, they're they're <laughs> they're not as streamlined. No, they're not as streamlined. And I think uh, XCOM's combat is that's where it really shines, and that it's very simple, and you just have to focus on the actual tactics, not the mechanics of the game so right. much. Um, and then the overworld uh, managing of the whole invasion is also is really cool. It's a lot harder for me. Um, because I don't really have a strategic mind like that. I don't really have a tactical mind, but it's a little better than, than yeah. that. Yeah, if you don't I, do that part right, you will lose the game. Oh, too. God, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, when I lost America, I was just, I was heartbroken. <laughs> I was like, where yeah. am I going to sleep now? Um, Enemy Within is just the... Enemy Within is the expansion. Yeah, um, I do not so have the Enemy, expansion. Enemy Unknown is, Enemy is Unknown the, is the first game, game uh, which would have made the list, but then Enemy Within came out and added everything amazing was added to this game. Uh, you can be a giant mech who can punch through walls and shoot people with flamethrowers. You can yes. be psychomantis and like rip people's minds. Um, you get to fight other like human squads, which I hate multiplayer, so I wasn't going to do that uh, in real life. But fighting other human squads is like totally different and very cool. It added something. It yeah. added a lot. To the I game. tried it. I got my ass kicked several times. <laughs> multiplayer. Ricky was really oh, good at it. Actually, yeah. well, that's all he was playing at yeah. the time. But so yeah, the uh, everything added in Enemy Within made it made it so much better. Um, so uh, just yeah, XCOM Enemy Enem- Within Enemy Unknowns on my honorable mentions, but I never, same here. I didn't get to play a lot of it, so I, it would have been totally worth on the it. List. Yeah, it's totally worth it. Yeah, one just the first time we played it, I was at Nick's place and brought my computer over, and 
he ran the he ran the over map thing, the overworld map thing. He did all that strategy, and then I would take over for the battles, and we just did work. Ooh, hot seat That's mode. Awesome. That's yeah. awesome. And it had this. Uh, I had my ace squad that I kept around for the whole thing. And I'll admit, I was a pansy. I didn't let them die because um, <laughs> I can't do that. I can't. I loved them. Um, I had one character who made it through the whole thing, and then he was the guy that you got that got chosen at the end to save the human race and everything. And that was awesome. It was very poetic and cinematic. Uh, and see, I haven't gotten quite to the end. Oh. I had to restart it because I was failing miserably, and I actually started over, but I did Iron Man mode, and somehow that made me do better. So oh, yeah, I did high. lose. I've only high. lost one person. I was dangerously close to losing a few others. Nice, but they're all. Like, I would cycle them in and out so they would all get leveled up. Yeah. But uh, quick news item, XCOM 2 was announced. Yes. It's going to be PC only, which is interesting. But uh, very exciting news, though. Right on. All right. Number five, XCOM. Number five, XCOM. My number four is... uh, Dude. My... Edit out that stench. Is this your number <laughs> four? No, we're just going to... Alex just numbered my number two. two. <laughs> no, uh, my number four is Far Cry 3. In Far Cry 3, because uh, I was coming off of that Skyrim kick, and I wanted, <laughs> wanted something with guns again. And Far Cry 3 was the, the perfect combination of open world and first-person shooting awesomeness. And hunting animals was cool. Fuck PETA. <laughs> that that was like it's not real PETA get over it it's a video game who gives a shit did they did they raise a stink they did uh, just like they rose a st- well Alex is raising the stink raise the stink now. that's for sure but they uh just like they rose a stink over Assassin's Creed with the whaling oh going oh. whaling within Assassin's Creed they were all upset about it's that because yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna hop on my whaling boat and go whaling because yeah. I could do it in Assassin's thanks to Creed. video games I know how to whale now yes. yeah oh just Far Cry 3 taught me how to hunt a fucking jaguar with a bow and arrow <laughs> blow me Jesus yeah. anyways oh. uh yeah so Far Cry 3 I, I love that game it's one of my favorites it's amazing every part of it there I didn't there wasn't anything I, I can't think of anything I didn't like about Far Cry 3 so are you shaking your head because uh, you're disagreeing with me? Or because no, no, it's on my honorable mentions list. All right, um, I'm done talking about it. So we can Bioshock is my number four, the original Bioshock. Good one. Honorable uh, mention. For really me. enjoyed that game. Um, I was a huge, huge fan of System Shock Two. So I mean, Bioshock was kind of in that same vein, but uh, just the whole setting of Rapture and everything was just amazing and. I loved the different directions you could take your character with the upgrades, and um, again, it the gave story you that, was pretty good up until they did the twist. And uh, there's that moral wasn't thing. that great of again, a twist. Like, do you do you kill the little sisters or do you save them? Kind of bullshit. And like, see, that was one of the rare games where I actually played the good person, and I I did not harvest the little sisters' organs or whatever it looks like you're doing. I actually yeah, I saved them and, and got yeah. the good ending. Oh, um, how sweet. Yeah. I don't even remember the ending to that game. I mean... I never beat it again. Yeah. It's one of those <laughs> for me. I had the twist ruined for me, and I didn't play it until oh. shortly before Infinite came out. So, gotcha. It's, I, it's definitely the best Bioshock game. I mean, I would say without question. Um, I thought Infinite was I disagree, superbly but... overrated. Uh, but um, it's... Yeah, I mean, 
the twist isn't the main reason to play that game. So I mean, just because the just because you know what's going what what's coming, it's still just the the world and how it was genuinely it creepy and, too. Yeah, it's like you could you could imagine it all lit up as as it's supposed to be, but when it's all deserted and overrun and like in kind of its own little mini apocalypse, it's it's terrifying. Just being around everything, all the happy images and stuff are 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 kind of yeah. are kind of creepy when you yeah. when yeah. So yeah. Like Great eating game. at Red Robin. Yes. <laughs> All the things looking at you. Except underwater. Underwater. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of dead bodies everywhere. Yeah. So it's like Red Robin. Everywhere. Depends on the Red Robin. Yeah. yeah. All right, you can go. <laughs> oh yeah. My number three. That's what we're on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My yeah. number three is a game. Ooh, no. Number four. four. My number four. four. Oh yeah. <laughs> you were on your number two, but now we're back to number four. <laughs> yes. My number three. Uh, number four. Here, four. My number four. God damn it. I want to talk about number three. No. My number four is Fez. Ooh. Uh, Fez. Fez is a wholly unique game. It borrows a lot from a lot of 8-bit and 16-bit video games, but it kind of takes those things as mechanics and then moves into its own dimension. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha. Um. It's one of those weird games where it kind of it's got this awesome combination of of platforming and Mario mechanics mixed in with like mist where you can sit down and learn the language that is being spoken and typed around you in the game and there's so many little things that I I think nobody's actually beaten the game fully they only brute forced it somehow they figured out because there are certain things that you can do. Spoilers for Fez, you should check it out and go play it. But there are things that you can only do at certain times, like uh, certain cubes you can only catch if you come back at a particular time where this clock is moving. And sometimes oh. it's only it, one of them goes by seconds, another one goes by hours, another one goes by days. So it's you kind of oh, have shit. to come back and get the cube at the right time. And then on top of or you can switch your time on your Xbox or pc or whatever and grab it that way but then on top of that there's like these like a few end game puzzles where people just haven't even figured out how to how to beat them yet and they only saw in the code what's supposed to happen and figured it out that way i haven't gotten super far in that game but i have played it it is fun it's amazing I have to say, all that stuff just kind of intimidates me. Like you're you're intimidated by just the open world freedom. I'm intimidated by all the the minutia and puzzles and like all the work that you have to put into a game. I will put work into a game, but only if I feel like putting work into a game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if it's if it's required of me from the start, it'll it'll kind of turn me away. Yeah. Um. But I mean, I mean, I can certainly, I can certainly appreciate the the art that goes into that. But yeah, it's it's kind of. It's intimidating. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. And that's my number four. Fez. Right. Okay. <clears throat> number four, uh, Borderlands, uh, the first one. Um, Tom, my honorable mentions. Well, the second one, actually. <laughs> but yeah, um, I would say, I, th- I, I would admit that the second Borderlands is better, um, but Borderlands 1 is my favorite. I, I could not just completely max out everything in Borderlands 2, which is kind of a problem I had with it. But in the first one, I maxed out every character, played through every possible story mission with them uh, because I was just so addicted by uh, just the game's character. 
um it's it's kind of it's art style it's the the humor and the the kind of twistedness of it and uh just the the loot the, all the guns you could get i mean some of them were just were really weird and out there and they were awesome yes. and there was just it was yeah it was this great mixture of of shooter and rpg which uh, there's another first-person shooter that is higher than my best first-person shooter of all time on my list. Um, <laughs> but I just I third l- best. Yes, <laughs> I I just I yeah I just loved everything about this game, and it was it was simple enough at its time. Um, it was kind of the story was kind of low key, whereas two they kind of started ramping everything up, and the story was was really good in two. But I kind of liked the simplicity of Borderlands One. Yeah, and um. And I loved, I just loved every playable character. They were all, they had like this perfect kind of, even though they never interacted with each other, they seemed like they would have this perfect like um, motley crew uh, team dynamic um, with all their different characters. And it was um, just a really, really cool world they made and a really cool atmosphere to everything. And I just, I I loved it. I couldn't get enough. Uh, Number four, Borderlands. Yeah, I just wanted to chime in on that. I, the art style of that game is one of my favorite parts. And just the opening sequence with that uh, Cage the Elephant song. Oh, my yeah, God. That was that just good. sets the tone so yeah, perfectly. Yeah, it so does. I mean, there, like, what other, there's no other song you could put in that area. And no. it just, like, that band's really good if you guys don't listen to them. Like, their CDs are pretty rad. I do condone listening to <laughs> Cage it, the it, Elephant. He allows it. Uh, yeah, they're good. Yeah. They're good. good band. But, the, yeah, the art style in, it was, was really cool. It was... Definitely, um, it was different, you know, and, and it did it it did good things. Everything, you know, the menu system was a little bit cluttery, but like overall, I thought it was a lot of fun. And mainly, mainly for me, I think the the style of the game was the coolest part of it. Yeah. Uh, number three is Fallout Three for me. I love that game. I was so it's on pumped. my list. I reserved it and got the soundtrack ahead of time and felt all cool and. The ink spots now hold a much more special place in my heart. Um, and just without even the DLC, the game alone, just the core game is so good. It's so good. And, uh, yeah, the VAT system just brought me back to playing old school Fallout. I mean, the third third person stuff was cool, but first person, like being in it like that, yeah, it was nice. So Fallout 3. Fallout 3 is also on my list. Fallout 3 is not on my list. Sorry, Fallout 3. (laughs) Well, apparently you're going to disagree with this, but uh, Bioshock Infinite is my third, actually. No, it was good. I just, I had it overhyped for me. Some people like inferior games, and it's okay. I'm just kidding. Yeah, Metal Gear Solid. I had a hard time, but when I was really thinking about it, I think as much as I enjoyed Rapture in the first game, I felt like the, uh, I can't even remember. Columbia. Columbia. Columbia was even more amazing. And just the, the story was a lot better, for one. I mean, it was a little out there with all the uh, time paradox shit, but whatever. It, it was just really well done and was fun to play. They kind of stripped down some of the combat mechanics Almost a little too much, in my opinion. But um, it was also, as a shooter, it was actually much better than the original Bioshock. Just the, the feel of everything. The skyhook mechanic was really awesome. But, uh, yeah. 
That's third on my list. All right. All right. I yeah, I I don't have anything really. <laughs> I it's it's I certainly enjoyed it and um I I finished it, so I mean, clearly it was it was worth that. <laughs> um I just probably for me, maybe the biggest thing was that uh I'd I'd played it well after everybody else had beaten it and thought it was the second coming of Christ. And I played it and I was like, that was good. Um, well, the problem is I don't think ever anybody thought it was the second coming of Christ. I think everybody was disappointed in it after seeing what it was at like E3's past. No, I, not, not people who are uh, in the know as we are. Okay. Um, I mean, a lot of, a lot of friends who aren't as, as in touch, like they would, they would never have seen uh, its previous E3, E3 viewings, yeah. and I had one friend in particular who just every time he saw me, he was like, "Oh my god, have you played Bioshock Infinite yet? It's amazing! Uh, every, it's getting tens everywhere." And I'm like, "It was, it was good, but it was, it was kind of uh, Bioshock Three with another skin on it, kind of. Yeah. Um, it, it didn't feel fresh to me like Bioshock did, and I think that was a big part of my. It, it was good. It was good. I don't want to." Pretend that it's not good, but that was why I would well, say that's the first one. Well, that's number three and not number one, okay? <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, okay. All right, my number three is Rogue Legacy. Oh, okay. Yeah. I had to think about it because I didn't know what you were talking about for a second. Yeah. I don't um, know what you're talking about. Rogue Legacy Oh, is, Rogue Legacy. Yeah. Oh, yes. Uh, I thought it was an X-Wing game. Okay. <laughs> I thought you said... <laughs> yeah. Ah. <sighs> Rogue Legacy kind of takes the whole side-scroller genre, which I really enjoy, and employs this weird, persistent, uh, like, development of your character and bloodline kind of thing that I think has been tackled more in, like, Japanese video games, looking at things like Tokyo Jungle and a few other weird things that have come out um, prior but oh yeah nobody knows what you're tokyo talking jungle. about tokyo jungle tokyo jungle casual to- audience gone tokyo jungle's on <laughs> ps3 but uh and it came out here but nobody knows tokyo um, drift what this isn't film nerds i think uh rogue legacy is really addicting to me because you're just kind of like all right uh i'm gonna play through this maybe this castle this one time when i die i'm done and then i'll start a new character they have to start a new character in between each level right and um then like 13 or 14 characters later, I'd be like, I should probably go to bed right now. And uh, when I finally beat the game, I was like, oh my God, I never thought I would get this far. But seeing like each time somebody died, how much more, I would, like more strength I would get or what gear I would get or how I would develop the skills. It was always interesting to see how that progressed. And, and based off of time alone, I think this game deserves number three. So there you go. All right. Uh, to, for people who who know my taste in video games, my list is going to get really boring from here on out. No surprises here. Um, Elder Scrolls Four: Oblivion would be number three. Um, mm-hmm. I think a just because it's an Elder Scrolls game, it kind of makes the list. Um, this game is like the perfect. It's not perf the perfect balance, but it's a very good balance between um, the accessibility of Skyrim and the uh, the in depth. Uh, role playing you can do in Morrowind, um, which is probably almost unplayable to gamers nowadays. If you it's hadn't played it already, yeah. it's yeah. Um, but once you once once you start becoming actually good at what you do, uh, just kind of the world is your oyster type of thing. Um, but Oblivion was uh, now it 
it looks kind of shitty. Um, <laughs> mainly the, the people look really shitty. The world actually still kind of holds up. Yeah. Um, it's got kind of a, everything's got kind of a, like when the light is, is shining on it, it's got kind of this ethereal glow to it. Uh, and the, all the trees and the buildings, they're just, they're like, it's just kind of got this soft focus. Like you're watching like a, like a really happy flashback the whole game. Yeah. Um, and it's really, it's beautiful. Um, and I mean, everything that applies to an Elder Scrolls game applies here. Just, I mean, you can be whoever you want. You can play however you want. Um, but Oblivion specifically, I mean, A, yeah, the, the world was was beautiful. Lots of things to do. But then on the flip side, when you started going into actual Oblivion, it turned in, it was horrifying because it had all that same stuff, but it was dark and scary. And yeah. it was, you were basically in hell. And every time I would go in, even after my like 150th oblivion gate I would go through and I would be like, it's a little creepy. Uh, these <laughs> vines are lashing out at me. It's terrifying. Um, but just, well, here, I'm going to let this kind of speak for it. My oblivion playtime, uh, 934 hours. Whoa. Uh, and five minutes. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I made probably like eight or nine characters, played them all for over a hundred hours. Um, and just, I tried to do everything you could. I tried to do, I did the sneaky thief. I did the mage. Mage Magic in this game was the best Elder Scrolls has ever done magic. Um, mm. Because you can make your, you can make any spell and and you can just absolutely destroy anything with your magic. Right. Um, and uh, I did just, you know, sword shield, bro. Um, <laughs> but every, everything, everything feels unique and everything feels like the same amount of attention was paid to it in design. Um, and it's, it's really just a great expertly crafted open world game, open world RPG. And it's beautiful and I love it. Number three, Elder Scrolls four oblivion. There you go. There we go. Uh, my number two is Skyrim and we already talked about that. So I'm not really going to go into it anymore. I just, I love Skyrim. It's a great game. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, number two for me is mass effect. The original mass effect. I had to really think about it. <laughs> Between Mass Effect and Mass Effect 2, but uh, yeah. I wish I could just put the franchise as my number two because the whole thing was just great. Why not make the franchise your number two? Sure, it well, is. Okay, He did Orange Box. That's three games. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> yeah but it, well. it was on one disc, so that's, yeah. fair enough. I Yeah, yeah, Mass Effect's it's great. I, um, I only... I, I never finished three, Um but we're not talking about three, right? Are we talking about three right we're now? We're talking about know. the franchise. We're kind of stalling one until Alex gets back. I think, I think, well, I, think I can say more about <laughs> Mass Effect and why I liked it so yeah, much, do it. for one. Oh, go rock it. But, uh, I mean, yeah, I just, I felt really connected with my character, my Shepard, which is why I liked it as a franchise so much. I mean, carrying him over. There was a, an issue with the save game, uh, like the character importing between one and two where oh, it no. like lost my facial data. No. So I took a, or no wait, that might've been between two and three. I don't know, but I actually took a picture and I went through for like an hour trying to get the face to look exactly the same. Oh wow. I pretty much accomplished that, but it was difficult because I was just so no, attached I totally get it, yeah. to Shepard yeah. the way I saw him as some fucking douchebag guy with a goatee. 
<laughs> that it's was like, Shepard yeah, to me. In if, the, if you're going from one to two and you see a, every time you look at him, his cheekbones aren't right. That's not the same guy. Yes. It, it does kind of take you out of it. I f- um, yeah. Rudy Shepard it was. Rudy <laughs> Shepard. <laughs> An appropriate. And then at the end of three, he's, he's, he's getting carried off into in space. Rudy, and all the, all the, yeah. Rudy, Rudy, Rudy. <laughs> See, I was really boring with the character creation, though. So I would just go with the with the basic. With the I never, I never made I, him look like me. I picked, and... I picked the default bald guy and went yeah. with that. Yeah. Yep. Because I'm bald. Uh, fans. I had a female shepherd too. I finished the first game three, maybe four times. Like I think I finished it on the highest difficulty level, which was pretty rough. But um. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. I heard. <laughs> Oh God! I heard the uh, the. Are the... you okay? <laughs> Something has died in Alex here. Right? Just don't go in the hallway. <laughs> yeah. I heard the oh uh, the voice work for female shepherd was better. Was that what you think? It, it that... was good. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It was just. I love I space use, games too, space and it, it was it was like everything I wanted in a sci-fi RPG. The fact that you had your own ship and. Yeah, and the ship was cool. much better and more fleshed out in the second and third game. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I yeah, everything just kind of got more fleshed out as the series went. The problem I had with three, since I brought it up earlier, and I'm not just going to leave that hanging, was that like once you get out into the into the galaxy and you have to kind of start the story, really, um, like it's just it's just a like. All of these planets are up in jeopardy, and you have to save like one of them. And I was absolutely paralyzed by that. I'm like, what do I? What do I? What do I? What do I do? Because yeah. it's just it, they, the other games were much better about opening everything up to you, and then um, and then you kind of got to ramp yourself up to the big the big conflict. Three, it just it threw you right in the middle, and it was uh, I wasn't ready for that when I started yeah. playing three. Mass Effect 3 had the best called. mechanics, I would say, out of all of them. Like, the second one, they took away too much. Okay. Like, they streamlined it a little too much, I felt, with the f- complete lack of any sort of inventory, not being able to change anyone's armor or whatever, other than your main shepherd. But, yeah. Or, yeah. But, uh... You guys okay? I'm good. <laughs> All right. My eyes burn. But I'm, <laughs> I'm good. This is the stinkiest podcast in the Midwest. Yeah, probably. I apologize for that. All right. We're on so number, number two. Number two. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, my number two. <laughs> we already know your number two. And it's not good. Oh, God, <laughs> no. My number two is Splunky. <laughs> Sound it, babe. <laughs> Alex's number two is Splunky. <laughs> oh, I need another rotor. Oh, God. Oh, wow. Splunky <laughs> is an amazing game. Uh, that, once again, I think a lot of the things on my list made it on there. Most of them made it on there because of playtime. There are other things that I just love, regardless things like Metal Gear Solid 4 and um, Mortal Kombat and other stuff. But. Spelunky's one that I will still, it's kind of just a go-to. Like, if I'm bored but I want to play a video game, I'll go and play Spelunky and probably die, but it'll work out okay. But And I've only beaten it twice, Like, and I haven't even really beaten it because beating the normal game in Spelunky is really only getting about halfway through it. <clears throat> There's basically 
what I respect about the game is that I started playing along with everybody else and kind of the community that developed around it and the things that people started to learn. Like, it's very much a game where you can really only learn the mechanics by playing it. Things like, okay, I need to always carry a pot with me through the jungle so that I can drop it over the ledge and make any of the arrow traps shoot at it so that the arrow won't hit me. And then kind of going from there and watching everything extrapolate out, it's really interesting to kind of watch your knowledge develop as well as to see the community's knowledge develop when it first kind of came out and learning that you can go to hell in the game and that you can, if you can somehow grab, like uh, there's a certain way you can get an eggplant and if you get that eggplant and carry it all the way to hell, which means you can't use any of the other helpful items in the game, basically, and you throw it at the final boss there, then you can kill him in one hit. Like, okay. just kind of That's going crazy. through that. Yeah, and then, like, watching, even going, like, this is kind of the first thing about Twitch that really went insane for me, that I can kind of sit there and watch other people play through Spelunky to see their trials and also watch how they're reacting to any of the feedback from the chat it's also a lot of fun to see that way so right on <laughs> my number two was spelunky <laughs> indeed it was yeah Go okay show. all right uh number two <clears throat> the elder scrolls 5 skyrim um we've talked a lot about skyrim on here because it's amazing um it's honestly it's it's got all the great things that elder scrolls is just by default, which I could talk about on end for the rest of my life. Um, but it's very easy to pick up and get into as yep. opposed to um, Oblivion to an extent and absolutely Morrowind. Arena and Daggerfall, you probably shouldn't even They were hard try. to get into at the they, time. Yeah, they are hard to get into at the time. Really now it's, point. yeah, yeah. Good luck even running them. Um, uh, 1102 hours in Skyrim. Jesus. Uh, that is wow. over a thousand hours. Uh, that's that was I've played since then, so that's not entirely accurate. So, how many <laughs> days would that be? That is, we're getting close to a hundred days, hundred complete days, I believe. That's, that's insane. That well, is insane. That'd be, that'd be like, no. oh, I mean, a hundred days, uh, Elder Scrolls time. Oh, total. Yeah, so oh. I, I'm talking cumulative. I don't know about Skyrim, <laughs> I'm not that big of a nerd that I need to play, but uh, it's. They um, really the best part about Skyrim is yeah how well they streamlined playing the game. Um, the the perk trees are are excellent. They help you really define your character um, by what he can do, um, and they allow you to make any kind of any kind of character you can kind of you can kind of think of. Um, like I played through the whole game once with nothing but a shield and my fists. Uh, I was Captain America, um, and I just went around. I punched a dragon to death, um, which was hard, but I did you it. You can do that. Yeah, I did it. Um, and it's and the the world is incredibly immersive. Um, I mean, people have their own schedules. They had them in Oblivion, but now they they kind of they really stick to them a little more. And everything they're doing has a purpose in the world, and um, it's just fun to kind of watch the world live around you. Um, totally feels lived in. Yeah. One of the, I want to say one of the things about Skyrim that I noticed is that people who didn't normally play that game wanted to play that game. Yes. Totally. Yeah. It's because I think, and I think you can attribute that to the, the freedom. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's all, all the things that are great about Skyrim have always been there in Elder Scrolls, yeah. but it's, it's how playable the game is. Right. Um, 
I mean, it's not like Morrowind where if your sword skill is at 30, you can't hit anything. It's the combat feels completely natural. It has a perfect, it has just this natural flow to it. Um, everything feels kind of appropriate to how it would in, in the real world. Whereas in like the last ones, it was all very, um, it was all very RPG where yep. it's all, yeah. Um, Good word. Yeah, kind of hidden behind like mechanics and dice rolls and everything, whereas Skyrim just feels real. Yeah. Uh, One of the other things I wanted to say as well, the the developers, Bethesda, did a nod to Bioshock in the way magic was portrayed on your character. So like the way your hand is held out and the manipulation of the element or whatever sort of spell, that was something they they took from Bioshock because it did the same sort of thing in Bioshock. Which I thought was cool. Uh, I I think they did it better. Uh, it clearly, I mean, it's a <laughs> better looking yeah. game in general. I, and the modding community for Skyrim is outstanding. Oh God, yeah. That game on PC yes. is unbelievable. It's it's completely different on PC. It's it's beautiful. So you can mod I, it to look better than any of the current gen games. Yeah. Looks better sure. than real life, man. <laughs> I will say just a couple quick complaints. When you brought up magic, the magic system is almost completely gutted from previous entries. Like there are. A set number of spells and you get like like maybe like 20 per skill tree yeah and that's it you can make any spell you can you can imagine in morrowind and you can make most any spell you can imagine in oblivion a lot of them you probably can't cast but right uh, you could augment yourself to the point where you have enough magic to throw out a, a fireball that it does like a bajillion damage. Um, but magic was very static in Skyrim, and I didn't I like that. I felt like it wasn't very useful either. It's one, once you get past a certain level, you've got a, you've, it's, yeah, it's kind of worthless. I, um, I never touched any of the magic other than like quick support skills. So I do, I still want to go back and yeah, start playing. Playing a mage is, is fun and it's really empowering up until a point yeah. where it just, you have to throw like 90 fireballs at, at the base level thing you're fighting to matter. Um, And to the accessibility, the accessibility also kind of by nature dialed back a lot of the freedom, you not the freedom, but your options in the world. Um, And it's, uh, it's, uh, it's kind of a nebulous point. I don't really have a great way to describe it, but it did, it, it did kind of dial back a lot of the, the openness and, and, Obviously, not enough to matter because it's still most people are blown away by what you can do with it. But right. um, it was it was not disappointing enough to me to really matter. Um, but it, I, I would kind of like to see them go back in the direction of Oblivion and Morrowind, um, just with a better game engine and better feel to the game. Yeah, mm-hmm. number two, Skyrim. All right, my number one. I never would have even thought of this unless Brian had brought up until Brian had brought up the uh, the fact that we could talk about PC games too. And this game did come out for PlayStation and Xbox, and I only played it on PC. But the Tomb Raider reboot is Ooh. by far my favorite game of the last generation, particularly because it was done perfectly, in my opinion. It was a solid twenty four hours worth of playing it, to collect everything. If you're into that. Um, it would, it just, it played really well. I'm really happy square. I think it was square Enix. Yeah. Yeah. Square, square Enix, like IDOS, that whole, I mean, they, they did a great job rebooting that series and I'm really excited for the next one to come out on Xbox. So, uh, Tomb Raider is my numero uno. And I think I don't really, 
That game was amazing. Well, I, I loved. I every think it's part great they it. took what Tomb Raider was kind of a. It was, it was kind of a. It was just this side of voyeuristic for a lot of uh, for a lot of uh, at, at a certain point in his life for a lot of game fans. I mean, it was really just about here's Laura Croft in a game. You get to look at her boobs and do flippies and stuff. And it wasn't really uh, the first one was good, and then they kind of tapered off from there. And then Tomb Raider Legend came out, which was really good. I don't know if you played that. Not it. I haven't played it, but I okay. have it. I have it's it it's very. I'm probably not. It doesn't hold up now as well. I'm yeah. sure, but at the time, it was really a very good Tomb Raider. Also had the boobs, um, <laughs> so that was a plus. And then they kind of went back down again, and then they did the remake, and it it ended up just being focusing on being like a really great game and having a really great, actually strong female character too. Um, I think the series really like stagnated around the time that Uncharted started coming out because it just felt like Uncharted kind of took that formula and yeah, put it, it into a, like a new world. And I do think that I think 2013 Tomb Raider, whenever it came out, that it is a very very solid remake. It is very good, and I would probably put it above like un, it's definitely above Uncharted one. I think I like Uncharted two a little bit more, but I would wonder if you if you would have felt the same about it if you had played any of those. John, but, I, yeah, uh, I don't know. I mean, the, I guess my my only disappointment with Tomb Raider is um, they tried to jump in on the bandwagon of uh, you know online shooters yeah. in the competitive shooting thing, and I, I wish they would have like the game is, has a great story. It's a great introduction to Lara Croft as a character, and I wish like once you get through that whole introduction, they, the DLC should have been like new tombs to raid. You know, yeah. like to go on some of those like those epic oh, yeah. quests like yeah. that and it do that been, yeah more, more more focused in in yeah. like driving her as like this character in, instead of like being like oh here's a bunch of suits that you can download and skins you can Dang. have and all that stuff just kind of reeks of I just, we I, need multiplayer for I never this played game it and I never wanted to yeah. I, I wanted more of the story so I would say my biggest complaint is there was not enough tomb raiding yeah like it was yeah. a very small part of the game tomb raiding but I think that's part of the idea but yeah, I they wanted yeah. to set up it, her. I understand so, because yeah. they never got to see into her past before, and I think that they did a great job doing that, rebooting the whole series. I think. Yeah, that island was really cool setting. Too. Yes, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Quick, quick news item: Uncharted one, two, and three are coming out for PS4. No. Oh, yeah. Sixty bucks. Cool. Yeah. Oh, right on. <laughs> yep. Three games for the price of one. Yep. Orange Bull. Cool. I'll play them now for sure. There you go. Eventually. All right. Number one, Brian. Fallout three, actually. Ooh. Mine as well. What? Well, let's get it all out. Yeah. <laughs> I already out. did that. <laughs> I, I, clearly. Right after Spelunky comes the fallout. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good. Anyways, yes, it was just amazing. I mean, and the only Bethesda game I've actually finished, believe it or not. Right on. I always get too lost in the Elder Scrolls games. I've played all of them, not... I would say I got closest to finishing Skyrim, but I actually, like, my character wasn't very well equipped to fight this dragon that was part of the story, and, uh, yeah, I kind of quit. I just went back to wandering around the world. But, yeah, Fallout 3 was just amazing. I mean, the VAT system was so much fun, Mm -hmm. and it, it just, it made things so much more satisfying in the combat because I mean, the combat for the Elder Scrolls games up to that point, I thought was kind of lacking. So, um, as an actual shooter without the Vats, it's not the greatest. 
But uh, the world was just awesome. And the fact that I actually did go to every single like special point in the game something you just can't seem to accomplish in an Elder Scrolls game. And it was satisfying to actually just finish it. I beg to differ. It did have, it, <laughs> it did have different endings, too. Brian, if you cool. played for 1,100 hours, you might be able to. You get pretty close to seeing everything. <laughs> yes, super excited for Fallout 4. I was not a huge New Vegas fan, to be honest. I, uh, yeah, Fallout 3 is definitely my number one. Uh, New Vegas is, is more of an honorable mention for me. Mm-hmm. Fallout 3 was just kind of, I think, my first love in that genre and also in terms of Fallout games as well. And and it's just, I don't know, I can't say too much more about it. It's one of the two platinum trophies that I have, as as I think we've discussed previously. <laughs> the other being Tron Evolution. Which, which is, surprisingly did not make the list. Yeah, What's that all yeah, about? No, they talk about a game that doesn't deserve the time that I put into it. <laughs> Pretty sure I beat it at least six times between that and Xbox Whoa. 360. Oh, but Jesus. Fallout 3, like I love being able to, I think the setting alone, Vegas is cool, but being able to like walk through the nation's capital and kind of just yes. see the destruction that's been wrought upon it and to look at the monsters overrunning the like Everything around there is amazing. And I know some people were kind of like, eh, I don't really like the, the subway system and having to go through the tunnels because it kind of blocks off parts of the world. But I never had an issue with it. I, I enjoyed that quite a bit. Vegas just didn't really have the, the it, importance to me. You know? Well, yeah, it's that. Um, I think there's just, I mean, something, everything in, in, in 3, all the landmarks were, like, recognizable. Yep. They had to kind of make up stuff for, for New Vegas. But being through a city that, even if you've never been there, you just know it. You know what's yeah, there. You right. know all you've the seen landmarks. seen it on TV, and that's Oh, enough. yeah. And just seeing it, it's it's just Bethesda crafts worlds better than anyone else. Yeah. Um, and and that was, that was, yeah, I think that was what made it such a memorable world. Um was just their attention to detail and and then all the familiar things mixed in with things that aren't quite so familiar which makes it which makes kind of the the post apocalypse very very real. Yeah. Um, it's very cool. Yeah, and like I'm because of the Fallout 4 announcement I very much almost want to go back and play Fallout 3 again. Yeah. But then I'm like, eh, I don't know if I want to Fatigue make that, myself. Make that time commitment. Well, that too. I'm immediately going to lose another 100 hours of my life. I can yep. just knock it off right there, but well, you don't have to you don't have to hundred percent it again. Yeah, I do. <laughs> but no, and, and you know, just other little things like I like being able to go through like one of the Smithsonian, one one of the one of the museums, and you find like Lincoln's repeater, and you're yeah. like, oh, this is yeah. <laughs> and things like yeah. That. There were a lot of awesome hidden guns in that game. Oh, I did boy. not end up getting all of them. I never got like the the Merv launcher. I want to say that launches like six fat boys at once it's, or something. It's absurd. Because you is. needed to go through a lot to get that. It, it's awesome. Oh, my I'm God. I'm sure it's awesome. I mean, you, I, think you, I think it's one of those things where you're probably going to die if you fire it. But, I mean, <laughs> if you shoot it, like, 45-degree angle up, and the boom, it's well, I, I, utter That's one of the other things that I love about Beautiful. Fallout 3 is that all of the, like, memes that came out of it, things people are like me that are like, oh, yeah, I'm going to save this uh, fat boy for another day. And then I, I'm pretty certain I never fired a single one of them. Probably right? have, like, 40 mini nukes in yeah. a locker somewhere. Exactly. Yeah. Like, they're all just sitting there. And then the little things that are, like, 
on the same token, there's like a death claw walking up to a guy, and he's like, "Look, like it's time for both of us to die." <laughs> one of the one of the favorite. like it's all, the, all that stuff alone. Gosh. Like it's it's. Death claws were terrifying. Ooh. They still are. The strategy of that too is fantastic. Like the fact that I could go through. Like I don't know how much of the weapon crafting any of you guys did, but quite a bit. To me, absolutely essential to make the dart gun because it's the only way I can fight death claws. You just Do you ever there. make the the rail the railway rail gun? I want to say yeah, rail spike. I think so. That was good. But but the 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 rocket launcher. Yeah, the rocket launcher is <laughs> pretty sweet. But that dark gun, take out the death claw legs, and then they just kind of slowly walk at you, and then you don't even need vats. You can just take them out with just aiming by hand. So anyway, Fallout Three is amazing. Can't wait for Fallout Four. Can't believe this was my, my number one was only on one other person's list, and it was number seven. For <laughs> God's sake, that's an insult. All right, <clears throat> number one game uh, of the last generation, also Gojo's number one game of all time. Trivia: uh, That would be Metal Gear Solid Four: Guns of the Patriots. Um, like I said before, it is it's the most it's the most Everything about it is like the most extreme of Metal Gear Solid. The best moments are the best, and the worst moments are the kind of the worst. And the weirdest um, moments. Oh, are the, the weirdest, weirdest moments are the weirdest moments of any game. Honestly, until you get to Ground Zeroes. Yeah, and then all of Ground Zeroes is, is just kind of it's kind of weird. But yeah. we're we're not talking about that. We're talking about uh, Metal Gear Solid Four. Um, it was. It was a very satisfying end to the story of my favorite video game character, probably one of my favorite fictional characters, or, or any people, real or fake. Um, <laughs> it was, um, and the story, wonky, kind of hard to follow at points, didn't really care because all of the characters in this universe are are so are so well done. They're just, they're such characters, and they have such Everybody has such depth to them. Uh, all the main characters, anyway. Like, laughing octopus. Who really cares? Um, <laughs> just shoot her and move on. But, um, but all the yeah, well, all the main characters have. Yes, it is. Oh, yes, I just assumed it was an octopus. No, it's it's a person in an octopus suit. But uh, yeah, so that's mm. yeah. But the the first two chapters of this game are absolutely flawless, and they're the best gameplay of pretty much any game ever. Because you can do so much, you can you can turn the, like the whole tide of the battlefield around at your whim. Uh, you can you can pick either side you want to support, and you can you can either or you can just sneak through unnoticed by anyone. You can interact with like a hundred different things on the way, and you could use any. If you got all like the guns and everything, all the items in the game, there are almost infinite ways you could interact with the world around you. Um, and it was so masterfully crafted. Um, and then kind of the rest of the game, it's, it gets away from the formula that makes it so strong. Um, but just kind of, oh God, I, 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 I don't have words because it, it gets me all teary-eyed just thinking about it. <laughs> um, it's a beautiful game. It controls amazingly well. Um, it's the first Metal Gear game where combat actually feels like, like, like it's an option. Um <laughs> It's uh, there's so many different guns you can choose from. Uh, they all kind of do their own little thing. Um, and I, I, I do you really like this game? I I love this game. I'm just, I'm just so much. Sure. 
Like, I love my mother and my brother more because they are family and I'm required to. But after that, all bets are off. It's Metal Gear Solid <laughs> all the way. Um, strong number one. It is a strong number one. It will never... Well, it will be moved uh, probably September 1st of this year. Um, right on. But Let's see. It's is that just, when the new Metal Gear is coming out? Yep. It yes. got pushed back at some point? I thought it was coming out in the summer. No. No? Yeah. No, it, it wasn't announced. Everybody was assuming it was going to be June 22nd. Oh, okay. Because yeah. of Kojima's t-shirt that he wore, because that's a thing. Maybe yeah. something else will happen on June 22nd. Maybe, that, maybe that's why Kojima left. He's like, why Konami can't I was like, it? no, you got to push to September. And he's like, fuck you guys, I'm out of here. But do you know who I am? Yeah. I'm the greatest game designer that ever you lived. Guys, I'm going home. <laughs> there you go. Anyways. Yeah. We've Metal got Gear Solid 4, Guns yeah. of the Patriots, number one. You got it. Any uh, real quick, list off any honorable men- mentions yes. that you have. Like Everybody at it, once. Make it really fast. Three, two, one, go. Whoever's ready, uh, just start going. Uh, okay, so I had I had Fallout New them. Vegas, yep. Bioshock, um, EDF 2017, which we need to do a franchise review of that entire <laughs> series on this podcast. Ooh, uh, Little Big Planet 2. Little Big Planet 2 and Deus Ex Human Revolution. Cool. Brian? Oh, I have a huge list. Make it quick. Just list them. Left 4 Dead 2. Tomb Raider. XCOM Enemy Unknown. Um, Deus Ex Human Revolution. Rainbow Six Vegas. Shadow Complex. Mm-hmm. Mark of the Ninja. GTA 5. Red Dead Redemption. Borderlands 2. Dead Rising. Uh, Dragon Age Origins, actually. Battlefield, Bad Company 2, Far Cry 3, and then some PC-specific ones, honestly. I, I didn't think to, to add PC games, but uh, Civ, 5, yep, Civ 5, Company of Heroes, Sins of the Solar Empire, Civ 5 all is my strategy only stuff. Honorable mention, PC game. <laughs> uh, I had XCOM, Enemy Unknown, Fallout New Vegas, Mass Effect 2, uh, Super Mario 3D Land. Probably one of the best Mario games to come out since, like, 64. Is that the only Nintendo game that came up on anyone's list? Yeah. There we go. Way to go, yeah. Nintendo. Brawl. Super Smash Brothers Brawl is not worth putting on. Melee was better. Uh, Wii Bowling. Is, well, honorable mention sure. that, Wii, too, Wii Sports. That, All of yeah, Wii, Wii Sports. Sports, I'll put that as an honorable All right. mention. That's yeah. fair. Wii Tennis. Oh, man. I was so fucking good at Wii <laughs> Tennis. Oh, and, and the, whatever the Mario Kart game was on that was pretty cool. We played Beerio Kart, where you have to drink <laughs> beer while playing the game, and like you couldn't drive the car while drinking. So there's no drinking and driving. You had to set the controller down to take a drink and then pick it back up. And the whole point was to finish the beer before the race is over and still like see how you rank. Shit, no. we need to get a Wii. Yeah, that was, it was fun playing it that way. There's also, you can just take the whole drink. You have to shotgun a drink and then pick up the controller Let's, and try to that's win. That's how Tom would do it. Tom would shotgun a beer and drink the whole thing as fast as he could and then pick up the controller and just do the race and win. Because yeah. you'd be in last place, you get the blue turtle shell, you go right to the front. Pretty much. Kick uh, out. Yeah. It's like uh, cheating. So Red Dead Redemption was also my final honorable mention. That game is better than any of the GTAs, in my opinion. Uh, I would agree. Yeah. Yeah. All righty. Well, that is the top 10 of last gen. If you enjoyed this podcast and many of our others, and if you like what we say or what we don't, just uh, let us know. Tell us what in the random feedback. things happen. Yeah, what random things happen to you. You can tell us your own top 10 list. Post on our Facebook page or uh, feel free to email it to me. Maybe I'll read it next time. Uh, MidwestGameNerds at gmail.com or tweet at us, MGN Podcast. Uh, go to Amazon.midwest.com nerd 
What is it? Midwest Game. Amazon.midwestpodcastnetwork.com. There we go. Amazon.midwestpodcastnetwork.com to do all your Amazon shopping. We'll get a portion of those uh, items that you buy. We get some of that money, basically. Uh, other than that, the next episode I'm hoping to do is The Witcher and maybe Elder Scrolls Online. We'll see how things go. Probably some E3. E3 some E3 news. Yeah, there's going to be some E3 coming in there at some point. Um, other than that, I hope you guys enjoy this podcast. Again, please do contact us uh, if you want to you wanna read off your top 10. Uh, other than that, Alex, do you have anything to say about Film Nerds? Film Nerds, uh, this is going to come out afterwards, so hopefully after, you know, we haven't recorded it yet. But we're hoping our first triple review will be out this Wednesday. Triple review of Spy, Insidious Chapter 3, and Entourage. Right on. Uh, not all of us are seeing all the films, but... We don't, we'll see how that goes. And then the week afterwards will be Jurassic World. So cool. Stay tuned for that. Sounds good. Thank you, Alex and Gojo, for coming along for this ride here for yes. episode 10. And I uh, hope to see, hope to hear, hope to have listeners next time, next episode 11. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. I'm just babbling. <laughs> Gojo, Anyways, Gojo, thank you for the idea of doing Yes, a thank top you for this. It was a gen. great it's my idea. My pleasure. Thank you, everybody. I think it makes a good idea. Great idea. Good idea for especially episode 10, top I'm, 10. I'm 10. glad I could shit all over it, literally, in metaphor. Thanks. Uh, uh, yep. thanks, Alex, for the spelunky. You're welcome. Spelunky. Yep. Thanks, Anyways, you enjoyed it. That's all. Game over. Peace out. Peace out.